0: Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. I think there's a tendency for all of us to sometimes overly complicate things and make them more difficult than they need to be. We can get overwhelmed with maybe all of the different uh, things demanding our time, all of the different tasks that we have to accomplish, our our responsibilities or things going on in our family or in the world, and it can be easy to get overwhelmed, and we kind of see all of these things as, you know, disconnected, and I have to do this, and then I have to do that, and then I have to do this, and uh, it kind of wears us thin, we get stretched, But the Christian life is not supposed to be that way. It's actually supposed to be quite simple. Because when we grow in holiness, we become more like God. And God is simple. And Jesus, I think, gives us a vision for how we can approach the Christian life in a way that brings simplicity to our life in the best sense of the word, gives us clarity and purpose where we can pursue one goal, and that one goal, that one uh, ideal can give unity to our life. And we can then pursue it wholeheartedly. And that's to remain in Him. Jesus says, remain in me as I remain in you. This is the Christian life, to remain in Jesus, to be united to Him as the branch is united to the vine. And if that could be our overarching purpose in life, if that could be the one goal that we pursued each day, then our life would gradually acquire a simplicity and a clarity and a purpose that would bring peace into our often troubled hearts. Because in the end, remaining in Jesus is the only thing that matters. It's what determines our eternal salvation. It's what determines our eternal destiny. We either remain in Him or we don't. And if we don't remain in Him, then He Himself tells us that we will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire and they will be burned. Because apart from Jesus, we can do nothing that will bear fruit for eternal life. And at the end of our life, all of it will be for naught. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus tells us. Sure, we may be able to accomplish a lot of things in a human sense, a worldly sense, a temporal sense, but those things won't last. They won't be the fruit that God wants us to bear in our lives. And at the end, we'll see them for nothing. But if we want to bear fruit for eternal life, if we want to bear the fruit that gives glory to God, that builds up the kingdom, the fruit that gives our life true purpose and that will last for eternity, we can only do so by remaining in Him. This should be the goal of our life. This should be the purpose for which we live. And then everything else in our life, our our career, our work, our vocation, our family, all of those things that we still have to do, but if we can see them through this lens of, okay, this is God's will for my life. This is how I remain in Him. Then all of it will acquire, as I said, a simplicity and a clarity. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. So how do we remain in Jesus? How do we live out this call to be His disciples? To strive not to be the branches that are taken away and thrown away because they don't bear fruit, but to be those whom the Father prunes so that they bear more fruit. Remaining in Jesus doesn't mean life is going to be easy. Because all of us still need to be pruned and God allows the the trials of life to prune us so that we can bear more fruit. But we have to choose to remain in Him. I think there's uh, two uh, foundational ways in which we do this. First and foremost, perhaps the most obvious, but also the most foundational is prayer. Without prayer, we are not remaining in Jesus because we have to choose to share our time with Him, to share our life with Him, to set aside time to be with the Lord, to strive to grow deeper uh, in intimacy with Him, but also to uh, pray throughout the day, to invite Jesus in to our, uh, our work and our conversations and our tasks, our problems and our difficulties. Is Jesus the first one we turn to when we need help? Is He the first one that we invite uh, to guide us in a situation? To help us know what to do or what not to do? We're called to abide in Him and He wants to abide in us at every moment of our life so that we're in constant relationship with Him. And so this life of prayer, this time of formal prayer, but also living a life of prayer, praying throughout the day, inviting Jesus in uh, to every situation, But prayer alone is not enough, we have to live this uh, call, we have to live uh, in union with Jesus. And our second reading from St. John uh, tells us quite clearly what we need to do to remain in Him. St. John tells us, those who keep His commandments remain in Him and He in them. So if we're not keeping the commandments, we're not remaining in Jesus. But if we are, then we can know that we are with him. And what are his commandments? Again, St. John tells us his commandment is this. We should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Faith and love, charity. I think we could also add hope. These three theological virtues are the virtues that unite us with God. And if we're living in them, then we're living in Him. And we're in a state of grace. If we're believing and hoping and loving God as He has commanded us to. But none of us do these things perfectly. We all have areas where we can grow. And where the Lord wants us to grow in these virtues that define the Christian life. To strive each day to grow in faith. Faith is a gift, it's something we can ask for, it's something we can choose to uh, grow in through making acts of faith, especially when life might seem dark or difficult and God might seem absent. To choose to believe in those moments is an act of faith that helps us grow in this virtue. To learn what we believe, to study the faith, to learn, to know, so that we can believe more deeply. Why do we believe what we believe? What do we believe? These are things that can greatly strengthen our faith. And the virtue of hope, especially in moments of of despair or discouragement, whether in our own life or in the world or the church or whatever might be going on, to renew our hope in God, a hope that is centered not in this life, but in the next, and trusting in the mercy and grace of God to bring us to Himself to achieve our eternal salvation. That's what we truly hope for. And then the virtue of love, the, the heart of the Christian life, to love God above all things, to love our neighbor as ourself, not just in our actions, but also in our words, in our thoughts, in our attitude, in how we relate to one another, particularly with those people that we might have the most difficulty with, to strive to love them as Jesus loves them. These are the things that we're called to do uh, to keep the Lord's commandments, to live these virtues of faith, hope, and love, to abide in Him in this life so that we can abide in Him in the next. And if we do these things, then we know that He is faithful and that He will abide in us and we'll be like the branches connected to the vine that are not cut off, that are not withered and thrown into the fire, but branches that bear fruit, fruit for eternal life, fruit to build up the kingdom and to fill our hearts with the knowledge and love of God.